Hello and welcome to Peak Speaks. We are a podcast by The Peak, SFU's campus newspaper. Uh, we are made in collaboration with CJSF 90.1 FM Burnaby. We are a podcast where we talk about news or anything we want to. This is a first episode, so we're kind of experimenting, but we hope that you'll join us for a bit of talk between us editors, eventually guests, and what we want to talk about on a format that isn't just written word on our website or in the paper. I am Gene Cole. I am the sort of voluntold host and opinions editor for The Peak. Uh, can my two guests introduce themselves? Hello. My name is Winona Young. I'm the arts editor at The Peak. I'm also Toby McGuire's stunt double. Hello, I'm Chris Ho. I'm the photo editor at The Peak. So today we're going to be talking about masculinity, mostly branching off of the Gillette ad that came out a few weeks ago. For those who might not have seen it, the idea of the ad is to question their slogan for several decades of the best a man can get. The ad follows a lot of news reports on sexual harassment in the workplace. They represent a lot of fictionalized version of normalized things like boys will be boys while kids fight in the yard, sitcom jokes, men telling women to smile more, and it shows a bunch of kids and grown-ups watching the, these sorts of events happen in their media. And eventually it takes a swift turn to show Terry Crews with a quote from when he was in court saying that men must hold other men accountable. And then the ad starts showing men pulling apart violent kids and holding their friends back from aggressing on women, uh, talking things out to diffuse situations, with the whole theme being that we need to set a better example. The commercial ends with a slogan shift from the best man can get to the best man can be. At the moment, a lot of why this is a big discussion is because it is very grossly controversial, so to speak, in that it has 1.2 million dislikes compared to 719,000 likes. Some celebrities that are generally right-wing, like Pierce Morgan and James Woods, are going strongly against Gillette, saying they'll never buy products. Some people are going as far as to throw their Gillette razors in the toilet to make a statement. What we're going to be talking about is the types of positivity that are being talked about in the Gillette ad, between the toxic masculinity that they want to prevent and what a positive masculinity could be. It's important to also mention that even though this is definitely becoming a meme and I feel weird saying it, we are not referring to all men when we are talking about this. We are focusing on a lot of specific problems that are being had that are perpetrated primarily by men. Things like sexual assault against women and a lot more physical violence and things that are brought up in the Gillette ad specifically that men happen to be the perpetrators of that is a trend related to a lot of senses of masculinity. We do not want to imply that every man is a perpetrator of sexual assault or violence, but it is a problem that is becoming a lot more clear and evident that we want to highlight and talk about. That's not to say either that men are the sole perpetrators of these acts. Um, it's just that in recent weeks, the conversation surrounding this Gillette ad has been focused on men, and so that will be the central talking point of this episode. Uh, is there something to be said about what type of masculinity is proper or correct? I think correct is maybe not the best word to use, because I think there are different types of masculinity, and one thing that I've noticed at least the past couple years is that toxic masculinity is a really big focus, but I don't really see what 
positive masculinity looks like. And thinking back to the Gillette ad and thinking overall, I thought I think at least personally that a lot of the masculinity I've been seeing last the past couple of years that's been called out, thankfully, is toxic masculinity. Um, and I'm hoping to see a lot more positive masculinity. That's mo that's from my end, at least. Yeah, I kind of agree that um, saying there should be a correct masculinity implies that there should only be like one or two or like a limited number of types of masculinity, which obviously um, our culture tends to enforce. Like it's been that way since like forever, but it's not necessarily the way things should be. Um, toxic mas masculinity definitely needs to be called out, but I think trying to put too many boundaries on what masculinity in itself is uh, could also be just as harmful. Yeah, so for example, the Gillette ad, I think, is not trying to prescribe any sort of set ideals to masculinity. It's just saying what masculinity shouldn't be. It's not saying what it should be. And I think that's a big part of why people are maybe taking it in a more negative light or reacting poorly to it because they think that Gillette is telling them how they should act, what they should be, uh, when in fact it's just saying that men shouldn't be disrespectful and men should not be uh, overly aggressive or whatever else is being covered in this conversation, right? It's just saying we should all be good people and I think there's nothing wrong with that. One thing that I find just absolutely hilarious is just even just the smallest notion of men should probably be nice people, hopefully, and then just that bar is already like so low it's on the floor, like people are like absolutely outraged that no, we shouldn't be that, like men shouldn't be doing that, which personally I thought was just very funny. Yeah, no, there's, I think there's a very strong debate right now of like that there is a femininity, femininity versus masculinity fight that you have to be one way or the other, and that's a lot of where the frustration and misunderstanding, I think, of this ad is coming from for a lot of people, where there is this inherent idea that a lot of people have that is just a binary of you are masculine or you are feminine. There is no healthier version of it. It is just that what you are, and then there's a lot of just derogatory things that happen when you don't fit either of those. And I know that the term soy boy has sort of come up again and again as one of those where people say, oh, you just aren't masculine enough because you eat a bunch of food with estrogen in it. And that is not how that works. But at the same time, is indicative of just that. People want one type to rule them all, so to speak. And that is not... I, I would definitely agree. I don't think that's a healthy thing at all. I guess, what do some of those other masculinities look like, do you think? Positive ones, you mean, or...? Yeah, positive ones. Chris, you've been a man for a I, while. I have been a man for a while. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> to me, uh... My interpretation of positive masculinity uh, may not be the most clearly defined because I tend not to think, or I try not to think uh, in terms of masculinity versus femininity. Again, I think it's more helpful to me 
to just think about how I can be a better person. Um, that being said, uh, I think that no matter what kind of masculinity you aspire to um, or believe in, uh, it's always helpful to just think, uh, how can I help others and how can I uplift those who, uh, even though they're different from me, uh, are still fellow human beings. Great answer. Thanks. I pose this to both Jean and DeCress. What does positive masculinity look like? What does that look like in your actions? Because I'm trying to at least to think about it from at least from the Gillette ad, positive masculinity was uh, kind of being assertive um, in a sense that protects others. I like one thing that I really ad admired at least was in one moment in the ad where uh, a guy's cat calling another girl um, and his friend like steps in and he goes, don't do that. Just don't do that. Like it was firm, it was assertive, but it wasn't uh, aggressive, which I really appreciated. And that, and to me, that's what a small micro example of pos positive mas masculinity looks like. It, it's weird for me because I don't want to think that it's just a whole bunch of categories that there's like a big selection, but it's just being generally fluid is kind of the big thing. It's not necessarily that there's a lot of distinct types, at least from my experience. I, I have a lot of masculine hobbies and activities that I do not think are against masculinity or putting a different thing. Things like pro wrestling and Magic the Gathering, things that are very predominantly male in their user base and have a lot of masculine ideals of like, uh, in the case of tabletop gaming, a lot of boys club kind of safe, safe zone, while at the same time pro sports, pro wrestling, those sorts of hobbies also are fitness and strength and assertiveness that just naturally come with those. And it's not so much about you need to accept and reject a bunch of masculine and feminine things, it's how you approach those things. It's important to sort of look at it a little more critically of like, I am watching it for more than just those ideals and being open to criticisms when those sorts of ideal, when the sort of masculine ideals are getting in the way, trying to find a balance between everything that you're watching so that you have an idea. This is an aspect that my idea of being a man is not necessarily tied to, but it all combines because it is a, it's a network of things. It's not just I, I am masculine because I want to watch guys punch each other. It's that, that is, that is a part just the same way that making sure that I am dressed in nice colors is like a part of my own masculinity. I want to have every part of me combine into that, into what, how I, how I define that status and making sure that that status is not tied to the kinds of things that companies like Gillette push onto you with their slogans of things like the best that man can get and focusing on this key idea of these are what products are showing you. This is what your father and male authority figures have been telling you. And yeah, just taking everything with a grain of salt is kind of my big thing of how, how to define a better masculinity. At least to me, masculinity, or being a man rather, is all about being as swift as a coursing river, to have the force of a great typhoon. That's at least what I've been taught as a man. Do you agree, Chris? Thanks, Shane. I do agree. Um, 
at least one thing I'm thinking of right now is I'm trying to think of positive masculine role models. Shang is a great one. Shang is a bisexual <laughs> hero of China. We all know that. We all in this room know that. He's also been written out. I know, which is which breaks my heart absolutely. Um, but I'm also trying to think at least of if we're talking about like toxic masculinity and positive masculinity, what role models at least there for, are, are there for men that aren't kind of entrenched in toxic masculinity? Um, at least one thing, one that comes to mind and kind of came from the Gillette ad, but also generally, Terry Crews. He is a he is an all star at least for being a feminist and also just being for a like a powerhouse of like positive masculinity because he's all about the gym, he's all about fitness, and he's all about um, maintaining himself and being strong not only physically but mentally and emotionally, which I really enjoy about him. I 100% agree. I think Terry Crews was a very good choice to have in that ad because he has for a long time expressed a lot of his other hobbies because I know he does a lot of art, like physical art and painting, I believe. Mm. And that he's very open with his opinions and his, what makes him comfortable. And he was very open when talking about sexual harassment that he experienced as well. But not in a way that was invasive, more just I want to make sure that I am heard and these things are because all of these things are a part of me and being a fuller person. What do you think, Chris? I've been such a huge fan of Terry Crews, like forever, um, even before he became, you know, this like outspoken advocate uh, of like human rights, basically. Um, I just remember watching in high school. Uh, his Euro workout clip on YouTube. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm going off track. But yeah, I love Terry Crews. Yeah, this is what the, was the question? This is <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, the original question was, who are your, uh, who are your moral, role models oh. for positive masculinity? Oh. Pa- Terry Crews is okay, a great Yeah, one. I love Terry Crews. Um, look up Terry Crews Euro workout on YouTube. Um, besides Terry Crews, I think actually that a key part of um i guess growing your own healthy brand of masculinity um is just learning to accept that like no one is perfect and there can never be a perfect role model so you might as well start with people close to you in life so if for example your father is maybe a little old-fashioned and sometimes sometimes says questionable things that doesn't mean that you should just throw away everything that he's ever taught you there are still positive lessons i hope that most people can take away from their parents um and not just parents like teachers friends i think that um everyone at some point in their life um will be able to you know provide some kind of wisdom to the people close to them and i think it's just important to look out for those things um in everyone that you interact with and at the same time like Jean said take things with a grain of salt so yeah lovely answer thank you I don't think you answered my question well I'm saying that rather than naming mm. any particular role models okay I'm saying that everyone can be a role model yes Cop out as an answer that is. I actually do completely. <laughs> hey, stop calling me out. Cop out as that is. I actually completely agree. One of the things that I put forward is that positivity is the thing that I always look for. I, if I'm looking at any sort of 
male as a role model or even just looking for people to follow on Twitter as like a smaller scale kind of thing. I look for people that want to push other people up, that don't want to kick out and exclude and be pushing a lot of, be putting up a lot of boundaries around what it means to be a man or what it even means to be a person, which is why people like Terry Crews, I think, are so good. He will be as, like, accepting and listening and wanting to push people up. Dwayne Johnson is another one that I think is really good, where he has done a lot of talks about being positive and confident in a way that's not to be a better man, but to be a fuller person. And a while back, I think I think it might have been a Reddit AMA, he was talking to someone about how, how do you... The person was asking, how do you get as fit as you are? And his comment was just, go go to the gym. You don't go because you need to do a harsh workout or get super intense. You need to go because once you're there, that is a part of you being there. That is a part of your person. And even if you just go there and sit at the mat, read a magazine for a couple of, for an hour or so, you are still doing something and that is what's important. And eventually progress will come if you start pushing yourself. And that kind of thing, I think, is a very good direction to be going on. Yeah, no, I really... I really got what you mean about uh, people who are inclusive and people who are helping to raise each other up and also push themselves to raise, raise themselves up. Uh, one author that I think of in particular is John Green, whom I'm a really big fan of. I am definitely a YA fiction uh, fangirl. I won't lie. Um, but one thing that I remember that really resonated with me that he said about self-care and also just building up yourself is that it's so important to be encouraging to yourself without being cruel. And I think that is applicable to so much of at least what can be wrong with toxic masculinity that because I think it's also a very masculine way to like a masculine way of looking at things of to approach something and just go really, really hard at it. Um, but in the process of that, people can be a bit quite cruel to themselves, asking themselves, why can't you do more? Like, why can't you be better? Um, when really the approach that we should be taking is, like, like, you should be doing more, and that's a good thing. And if you're not able to, that's okay. But pushing and striving for that, like, for a higher standard is really at least, like, what I'm looking for, at least, for, like, masculinity and femi like femininity, like, all across the board. My favorite thing about the Gillette ad, personally, if we're going back to that, is that men need to be held accountable. And I think just demanding that responsibility of men is a really great challenge that I feel like hasn't been posed to them in a very long while. I guess sort of to tr transition a little bit from the very good positivity that we're sort of talking about. So is it entirely men's responsibility to do this? And how do, how do we get rid of the toxic masculinity that I would say we're generally not a fan of. Well, to get rid of toxic masculinity, all I can think of is that one Powerpuff Girls episode where they play a really killer concert in the middle of the park, and then the entire world is flooded with color, and then the really evil, bo mean boys, like, they just leave. I'm not saying Coachella would, like, solve anything. I don't think Coachella's solving anything. It really isn't. It really isn't. But a nice community-funded, like, concert okay to actually answer your question uh, whether like how to solve uh toxic masculinity i think it's the responsibility of everyone because 
Uh, unless everyone is being raised by their fathers solely and mothers just don't exist anymore, then like, you know, parents are a thing, right? So whoever is involved in raising the future of humanity needs to be active and accountable in holding them accountable. Well, I definitely do agree there that a whole problem that half of the population goes through shouldn't just be solely solved by that half of the population. I do disagree in the sense that um, whenever I see local frat bros acting like local frat bros, or I see a guy mansplaining something to me in like my no normal lecture hall, it takes so many women trying to speak up and trying to talk over them or trying to intervene um, to even get them to listen. And I feel like one of the things I feel really sad for, but um, I feel like it's kind of a just general like fact of the world is men aren't going to men aren't probably going to be listening to the people that they're oppressing. And I think it's only like I don't think it's only men, but I think the first step of addressing toxic masculinity is with men like holding holding each other accountable, because I feel like it's them and if anything men also holding men accountable and also men helping raise um, oppressed voices, especially to talk to men and to get them to listen, I feel like is a really, really uh, important factor. Yes, I don't think uh, men should be doing that entire responsibility themselves because it's going to be a group collective to make it work, but men do need to take the first step. I like especially what you said about taking the first step because I think that's really just to clear up any misconceptions about what I may have said. Um, I think we both actually were looking at this in the frame of like, where do we even begin, right? Where do we start with this? Um, in my case, like, I think I was thinking more of it, like get them while they're young, start with the kids. Um, but you're definitely right. Like as soon as we become adults, we like, by the time we become adults, we're already so entrenched and the views that we're used to, the views that we hold to be true, that it's hard to, or at least it's harder to listen to people that we feel are outside of those views. So in adulthood, I definitely agree that men should step up and take a larger role in calling out what they see as unhealthy practices or, um, you know. Uh, yeah, and also just to reiterate, like, Get them while they're young. I, as creepy as get them while they're young sounds, I do completely agree with you just because of how fast you can get into a male-dominated space as a guy and get carried away with the sorts of things that are being talked about and perpetuated throughout that. I, I think of getting into groups of boys when I was in fourth grade just playing video games and how many things I would experience there that were not indicative of any sort of co-ed or even just more diverse group outside of a bunch of white boys playing computer games until 11 p.m. And how often you get into that mentality of this space is the only space that really matters when every space should sort of be a little more open, I guess, and you need to... But the fact is, people do exclude themselves, and making sure that you are raising a kid to send them into a position where they are not going to be excluding and getting too deep in the groups that they are in is a very key thing, I think.
Yeah, no, I I agree with what Chris says when getting getting them while while they're young, because I think just a sheer just amount of exposure to people who are different from you. And if, like Jean says, just if I met him when I was in the fourth grade, just like getting these white group of like white boys like to talk to literally just any other kind of group, putting them in a different club, putting them in a different classroom. I feel like putting a different group of kids into literally any other space can be so illuminating. I remember at least like thinking back to just uh, like being like a theater kid and just seeing the really weird techies and just uh, seeing the rebellious Mormon kids and also seeing the like football like guys who like had to like audition for the play like it was just such a finding an ecosystem and especially de especially developing a classroom that is really diverse I feel like it's kind of the first integral like step that to children at least like is what, like, what we can do at least to expose them to people who are not like them and at least like to go back to toxic, toxic masculinity to encourage boys like to talk to people who aren't like them and to get them to empathize because I feel like the biggest thing at least with that happens with toxic masculinity is just a lack of empathy that's given across not only to themselves but to the other to other men and to other women and to people of all different kinds of genders and sexualities and like ideologies I think that's just the first step that needs to be done. No. At its core, you've got to be recognizing that there is a different experience. And that different experience, you want to surround yourself as much as you can. Sometimes that doesn't always happen, but you still need to sort of come to this realization as, and push this realization to other men as soon as you can of there are people who are having a completely different experience with you that are trying to define themselves and their masculinity as a completely different thing from you. And that's where a lot of trouble and fear starts happening. Once you start recognizing that there are these people having these different issues, these different experiences, you start just very quickly picking up on how to be treating them a lot better. I A thing that I always see this with is with uh, guy, guys who paint their nails or anyone male presenting that paints their nails. I've seen multiple times people react to that with this very hostile approach of why are your nails painted? Which, it isn't necessarily wrong for them to be a little confused or thrown off because we are very entrenched in a binary, especially when it comes to any sort of cosmetic thing like that. But at the same time, there is this inherent problem and this inherent bias that you need to kick out very quickly where you should not be asking why is it like that? Because you should know that that just sometimes that is just how it is for some people. And you can make comments, you can ask about it, but treating it a default as this shouldn't be happening or this is not normal of us when it comes to talking to men talking between each other is a very scary and harmful thing. And that it, once you get called out on it enough times, eventually you start just taking a quick second before you ask questions like that. Very often, uh, at least I personally sometimes forget that we actually live in a major metropolitan area or a coastal city. Uh, we are more exposed to uh, newer fashions, uh, newer subcultures, um, whatever is happening in the world. We're very up to date on it. Whereas someone, say, living in uh, the American Midwest or even, you know, like 100 mile house in B.C., Right. Um, 
they don't have that same kind of access to new views on culture um, and what is right, what is wrong, like what is being talked about um, that we do. So I think the most important thing above all is to keep an open mind and be empathetic because even if you don't know uh, that like something may not be appropriate to ask anymore as long as your question doesn't have any intended malice behind it it's still okay to ask those things because like no one can fault you for being unaware right but as long as you're keeping an open mind and it's all about how you ask it so as long as there's no intend intent to um accuse or um paint someone in a derogatory way then there's nothing wrong with asking questions as long as you're just curious about it and you want to know more and that's really the first key the first step to being more empathetic is to try and learn uh, as much as you can about other people whose experiences are different from yours with that we are running out of time we are probably gonna have to call this for now this has been awesome to talk about a thing that i think all of us here are kind of passionate on and uh this has been peak speaks thank you very much for joining us uh if you want to read content that we are writing about this topic and others uh v-peak.ca is where you can find us once again we are done in collaboration with cjsf and uh, this is cjsf 90.1 fm burnaby thank you very much for joining us and take care